Welcome to the Green Shoots podcast by Appleyard Lees, a conversation for those who own, manage or protect intellectual property. There's been a significant ramp up in AI activity generally. It was not so long ago that autonomous vehicles, drones were just within the realms of research within universities. And obviously some enabling technologies have happened, which means that we can now use these technologies more readily. Welcome to episode 31 of the podcast. I'm Richard Bray, a partner and patent attorney at Appleyard Lees, and today we'll discuss recent innovation trends in autonomous vehicles and the perceived challenges of patenting in this technology area. I'm joined by a fellow patent attorney specialising in artificial intelligence, senior associate Paul Roscoe, and European patent attorney Tom Gregory. Together, we form a core part of our autonomous vehicle team. Hi, Paul. Hi, Tom. I wonder if it makes sense to introduce yourselves and talk a bit about your backgrounds in this area before we talk about the detail of the podcast. My name is Paul Roscoe. I'm a chartered UK and European patent attorney. I have a degree in aerospace engineering, and now I specialise predominantly in AI and software-related inventions. Thanks, Paul. And what about you, Tom? Hi, Richard. I'm Tom Gregory. I uh, am a European patent attorney, qualified quite recently after joining the profession in 2017. I have a background in physics and then now doing a lot more work in autonomous vehicles. Thanks both. Guessing it's no surprise to you too and me and, and probably not to anyone at the moment that autonomy and autonomous vehicles are gone from being, I would have thought, quite niche areas of research and maybe extreme areas of article writing and patent filings through to being fairly mainstream news from BBC articles, Guardian, just technology you're seeing day to day. What have you seen the last few years in terms of what's coming out there, what's emerging in this field? Well, I think one of the things I've noticed is um, there's been a significant ramp up in like AI activity generally. It was not so long ago that autonomous vehicles, drones were just within the realms of research within universities. And obviously some enabling technologies have happened, which means that we can you know, now use these technologies more readily. And it seems that a lot of companies are taking this really seriously. So I've seen a lot of news articles and things about, you know, like delivery drones, self-driving cars, it just seems to be a lot more ubiquitous than it used to be. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I think it wasn't that long ago, and I'm not even that old, I don't think, that lots of these things seemed either high-level research or like almost theoretical in terms of one day these things will come into practice. But very, very quickly, you're seeing these things all around us. And as you said, I'm guessing AI advances are enabling all this. What about you, Tom? Are you seeing the same sort of things or, or different things in the particular fields you work in? Yeah, I think companies are really starting to understand the value and, and, and see the opportunity for this. A lot of the companies and people that we've worked with previously have been uh, spin-outs from universities where they've taken the best people from those research groups and they're deciding how can we commercialise this, this, these inventions and this opportunity. Do you think anything has really changed in the last, I don't know, five, ten years, which might have impacted on, for example, pattern filing strategies and IP strategy generally in these areas? I'm thinking in relation to, I don't know, perceptions of software patentability and things like that. Well, there's a good point about um, perceptions of software patentability. I mean, there's a common notion that we sometimes have with inventors who often believe that software is not patentable. And another misconception that algorithms are not patentable and AI is at at the heart um, a mathematical, um, it's just a collection of algorithms. 
Now, what one of the things that patents offices like the European Patent Office look for is a solution to a technical problem. And even though the, the novel bit may involve algorithms or software, you know, if, if as long as you provide a solution to that technical problem, then you generally can get a patent granted for that technology. And with industries like autonomous vehicles, you know, drones, anything that is a physical link to the real world, you're generally quite safe patenting that sort of technology. The issue becomes a little bit more complex the, the closer you get to software as such, where you're really on the borderline of patentability. But with the, things like autonomous vehicles, the grant numbers are usually quite strong. One of the major advantages for autonomous vehicles is that it's inextricably linked with real world data. Talking about navigational data, mapping data, the training of the AI, all of these things, that really helps in, in a patentability perspective. And then also another benefit is that the output, the control of the vehicle is also considered to be technical by the patent offices. So you're, all, you, you're sort of automatically overcoming the hurdles set by the patent offices or by the law itself, just by just by operating in the field, it's it's definite. It's a definite advantage for for autonomous vehicles. Do you still think there's a problem there in terms of people thinking the software is not patentable, so there's no point looking into it, or do you think it's pretty much going in the right direction and the problem's been solved in that respect? I think companies are becoming a lot more aware of the benefits and their ability to patent the things that they're inventing. I think you know previously there was that misconception that. This stuff was not possible to patent. Software patents were a no-go, no-hope investment. But now I think companies are becoming um, more experienced in this area and, and they are filing more, more patents for this kind of work. We often see, I think it's fair to say, an interesting sort of role reversal uh, with patentability and understanding maybe in this field. And um, I often joke that for the last 20 years, most people I've ever interacted with client-wise totally understand the patents can be used to protect hardware innovations and things like that and widgets and gadgets. And when it comes to sort of the software side, it's a lot more doubt, if not just complete misunderstanding. But I think Tom and I were just joking about this, I think the last few weeks, and I know you and I have, Paul, about I think very, very clever software companies. Sometimes now they're so on it, they understand it's patentable. They sometimes maybe don't think that the hardware they're working with is patentable because it's not necessarily the main business focus. It's, it's an interesting role reversal, but... I mean, do you have any views on that, Tom and Paul? I mean, have you, have you seen those sort of stories? Or I mean, does autonomy and the IP in and around it extend beyond software, do you think? Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's really interesting to work with these companies. And when you talk to them, they get all excited about their AI, their training, their, their excellent results that they're receiving from their testing. And then you ask them, well, what does that part do on top of your vehicle? Or what's that on the side of your vehicle? They, that's you know, that's just that's just something that we've created to facilitate our great data. That's how we're getting such good results. Well, why aren't you filing for that hardware? If that's if that if that's something that is is allowing you to get such great results, such as the, your improvements in performance, then that's also a really key part of your business. And it's not just that that's going to become the focus of the business. That might be something that you can use in year in years to come for licensing opportunities. It might be an additional revenue stream that you could make use of. And it might also just be a matter of building your patent portfolio. You only need about 20 or 20 or so patents per year being filed in order to break into the, to the list of top patent filers. So it might be really good for just for getting your name out there. 
one of the interesting things I've seen is a lot of the specialists, the industry specialists in, in autonomy that I, I'm aware of have seemed to have come from academic backgrounds. And, you know, that they were really good at filing for patents and writing research papers in various, like, of the software inventions. Whereas they never really, I, don't, I suspect a lot of the, the money in, in that area, especially in the universities, went towards actually the core, you know, autonomy aspects. Yeah. Whereas now once you're trying to roll this out into an industrial level, you need to integrate it within a real physical vehicle. Yeah. And there's a lot of integration challenges, instrumentation challenges, you know, for example, running your LIDAR on a wet day, for example, is, is different. It behaves differently. Those problems can be solved with hardware not not just in the software. So I think it's very important for companies not to lose sight of that. So Paul, do you want to take us through some of the gist of the articles or, or the underpinning thinking that triggered them? We've published three articles. Each of those, a common theme within those is AI and how it's applied to different fields. And the reason behind that was because AI generally has seen a sharp rise since about 2013 in in filing numbers, talking specifically patent filings, that WIPO released a report not so long ago, um, which showed the same thing. And what we were interested in seeing was how AI was influencing various industries. And two of the important ones we were looking at was aerospace and autonomous vehicles. If I just start with the aerospace points, because most of the patent filings that we saw there were related to UAVs and drones, um, and it was the same sort of trend. It was slightly, it, it wasn't quite as exponential as some of the trends that we have seen generally with AI. And we think there might be a few reasons for that. For example, if you look at who's filing with aerospace, it is companies like Boeing and SZ DJI Technology Company. They really dominate the the numbers. Other companies which are predominantly commercial aviation companies, for example, Airbus, don't really appear in our data. And that's quite interesting because it can kind of give us an indication that Boeing may see UAVs as a future technology. Airbus, predominantly a commercial aviation company, don't. And that doesn't really surprise me. I used to work in that industry. It's a very conservative industry. AI is a new thing. There's a lot of trust issues, a lot of perception issues. For any large aerospace projects, you need to go through the, the certification authorities. So they're quite reluctant in some ways to adopt new technologies, which other industries would would adopt a lot sooner. Interesting. I remember um, when I was talking to you and Tom about these articles not long ago, that I guess with any pattern filing analysis, you see patterns and sometimes you find your own patterns and don't, don't actually exist. But yeah, as you said, especially in the aviation analysis, there were a few names that jumped out and a few names you almost expected to see there, I guess, from day-to-day sort of thinking that, that weren't there. I noticed that, I guess, in the more more emerging field than I suppose, of maybe autonomous vehicles, you don't see a dominant player or two. You do see more of a spread in the filers, which I thought was interesting. I agree. That really did strike me as well, the, the difference between the aerospace spread and the AV spread. Like we're seeing... The classic OEMs, you know, Ford, Nissan, Honda, and we're also seeing less well-known names like Beidou, Zooks, Stradvision. And it really does show that 
a lot of companies from disparate, a lot of companies from various different industry sectors are all having to work together in this space. One thing I found interesting when I was looking at the articles you both produced was that it seemed to me that pattern followings in and around this area were fairly flat, a bit bumpy, but fairly flat for a number of years, decade or so. And then around, I'm not sure, 2011, 12, maybe 2013, you really start to see a ramp up um, in pattern filings, like marked in all the data you've looked at. And I wasn't sure why that was. I mean, part of me wonder whether a bit like blockchain, distributed ledger, AI, machine learning, did it just become sexy then to sort of talk about um, pattern filings and technology and then um, the data reflects that? Or do you think there was something technically or legally that changed around that time? What, what do you think, Paul? Yes, it possibly did become more appealing. But if you look at the AI data in general, there was the same point at which the numbers start picking up around 2012, 2013. And that's obviously the same in various different application fields. So I think one of the main reasons was the fact that certain AI functions, for example, computer vision, um, machine learning algorithms themselves, they improved to an extent that enabled innovation in other areas. Yeah, so you didn't see the sort of explosion in AI in autonomy preceding the general AI trend, which I guess, as you said, clearly shows that AI generally innovation was an enabler. Okay, and and Tom, you were saying um, the other day that you'd seen some interesting financial data spanning that time, even. Absolutely, it seems that in, investors are really getting on board with this. In 2020, there was a 1.3 billion dollar total investment activity, and in 2021, it was 6.5 billion dollars. It's a fivefold increase in that time uh, and that'd be really interesting it'd be fascinating to see how that progresses in the years to come one of the things we haven't really talked about is a lot of the companies on our list of the top 20 filers in in this field the ones that are oems you know they're probably not seeking investments the ones that are the kind of less the smaller companies smaller in inverted commas those companies, they will be seeking investments, whether it's through VC funding rounds or floating on, on a stock stock market, you know, an IPO. One thing that investors love is patents. When I started in this profession, oftentimes inventors and companies would want us to cram two or three inventions into one application to reduce filing fees and to reduce the costs. Now we're seeing the opposite problem of we want to split out one invention into two, three, or even more patent applications to get the patent numbers up. Yeah, so I think the IP strategy, I know it's a, a phrase you see on LinkedIn quite a lot where people are saying the pros and cons are saying you're good or bad at it. But I think generally what it means is that you have to think about these filing strategies and how they impact the business commercially or its future. Uh, again, I think particularly autonomy, it's such a fast-paced environment, no pun, no pun intended potentially. There's lots going on in terms of is the business trying to be acquired, is it seeking investment, is it looking to dominate technically? And I think lots of the strategies in play how to sort of have lots of those things in mind you might want to be seeking technical exclusivity because that's a very important thing you're doing another area the business might well be well there could be a different revenue stream as tom said in terms of things outside autonomy could use this technology software or hardware and i think lots of it is just thinking it through and as you can see from the data that we've been talking about these companies are clearly doing that companies must be thinking in that way because you wouldn't have thought some of the names on this list would be anywhere near autonomous vehicles but they must have seen something i would have thought pretty savvy companies in the future which is valuable to them in some way whether they're looking to spin out something sell the ip create an issue for something 
or as I guess we're getting at here, autonomy is going to be pretty universal in one way or another in our lifetimes. And I guess I just sense in that and just backing some horses. On that note, I mean, not necessarily the detail of the data in terms of claims and, and patent application numbers, but do you see any trends technically in that data? So I think on terms of the patent numbers and the trends, like I've said, in a lot of fields that are affected by AI, we're seeing an exponential or a rapidly accelerating filing numbers. That obviously is going to plateau at some point. It's not going to go on forever. I think it, my view is it's probably going to turn into some sort of an S-curve where you, you would generally reach a steady state and then we would see a consistent number of filings over time. In terms of like technology, like specific technologies and where that would go, in AI generally, computer vision is probably the largest, we see the largest number of filings not least because that's a rapidly growing area, but also because especially offices like the European Patents Office, they would look more favorably on a computer vision invention than they would on, for example, a natural language processing invention. And I think that's one one area that is going to develop quite significantly, the use of cameras for navigation rather than using things like GPS. Well, what about you, Tom? I mean, I know that you work in this area, obviously, with Paul and myself. And sometimes you work in slightly different but overlapping areas where software plays a huge part, but maybe it's not strictly speaking tied to machine learning, AI and everything. I mean, what have you worked on or what, what are you seeing coming, do you think, over the horizon in this sort of area? There's a whole spread of technologies beyond just AI. A lot of companies are focusing on improving their user interfaces when you've got the ability to be inside a vehicle without having to actually operate the vehicle then it frees up a lot of the user's time for interacting with other parts of the environment. Uh, and so improving user interfaces, interaction with the with the surrounding environment is, uh, is something that companies are really looking to develop. And I think it's something that we'll see in the years to come. Yeah, I think that's right, both. And autonomy is clearly not just something that's already happening, but it's going to be not only a little bit of our lives to come, but I think pretty critical from just how we travel to how we use things in the home. And it seems to me from just, just the little bits of data we've gathered and talked about now that pattern filings and related strategies are going to be critical to that in terms of not only, I guess, protecting innovation and potentially helping with commercialization or investment and things like that. But yes, just setting the scene for the years to come in terms of potentially safety standards, regulatory things, things like that. Okay, Bo, thank you very much for that. It's been really interesting to explore some of the data that you've been looking at and analyse and also the topics in and around that from fairly niche pattern chats to mainstream discussions on what we're seeing in autonomy and where it's going. So thank you very much both. Yeah, thanks for listening to that. It's been really interesting for me in particular to discuss some of the points that we have. Thanks, Richard. Thank you, Paul. Really enjoyed that. Thanks for listening to the Green Shoots podcast by Appleyard Leagues. If you have a question or issue you would like our IP specialists to discuss on the podcast, then tweet us at Appleyard Lees or email us at ip at appleyardlees.com.